Welcome to the podcast of First Baptist Church of Robbinsville. Thank you for joining us. We trust that the teaching of God's Word will speak to you. Right. Well, thank you, worship team, for that reminder. And that is our greatest desire uh, this day and every day as we uh, live our lives to worship the Lord who is truly worthy of all of our worship. So hope that's your heart this morning and I do, or this afternoon. I'm probably going to do that a lot of times. But um, I pray that that's uh, something that we can keep our focus on during the busyness of this Christmas season. So um, we're going to be in Luke chapter 2. If you want to go ahead and open your Bible to Luke chapter 2, we will also have it on the screen if you'd rather follow along on there. Uh, but Luke chapter 2, it seems like the Christmas time, that's just the passage you go to, right? So that's where we're going to be. So we have been um, counting down for Christmas now for about a month. I don't know about you all, but at our house, we have like basically anywhere you're sitting, you can look around somewhere and find the countdown till Christmas, right? Every day, our kids are very good at going through and actually changing that. See, when I grew up, I had to do it the old school way. Anybody remember ever cutting those little strips of paper? And you tie those little things together, and you make that chain, and you start out, and that chain is just giant. And every day you get to rip one off as you get closer and closer to Christmas. Well, the exciting thing about this day is that our countdown is nearly over. We have finally made it to Christmas Eve, and we're very excited for that. Um, but as we think about that in context of our study that we've been doing the last few weeks, we really see all of history was counting down until this moment in time. Right From the very beginning, from before the foundation of the world, God had a plan in place that would one day send his son to earth to redeem mankind. And when, when mankind first fell in the book of Genesis, we saw from that moment on, God started this clock with humanity. He said, I promise you that I'm going to send a rescuer. I'm going to send you one who will come and will redeem and restore everything that has been broken by our sinful choices. And so the, the countdown started. And through generation and generation, they tore off pieces after piece, generation after generation, waiting for this promised one. And now as we finally get to the story of the birth of Christ, we're here. We're here. And so the countdown comes down to this, this family that we would never expect, Mary and Joseph, two very common, poor teenage people who didn't really seem all that extraordinary, and yet they were the final piece in this countdown. And so can you imagine all that God unfolded to get them to Bethlehem? You know the story of the, how the government got involved to bring them to Bethlehem. And they get there, and they're probably so confused and just so overwhelmed by all that's gone on in their life in the last year. Can you think about that? I mean, to, to be Mary and Joseph, and you've had angels appearing to you telling you what this baby's going to be. You're, you're a girl who's never been with a man, and yet you find yourself pregnant, and you're told what this child's going to be. You go and you see your, your, your relative who's also pregnant with a baby in a very surprising way. All of these shocking things in their life. And now they come to this point and they find themselves in this manger and then they have this little child. I wonder what was going on in their minds at that time. Probably just thinking, what's going to happen next? Every day this story has gotten wilder and wilder. What's going to happen now that he's actually here? And that brings us to one of my favorite parts of the Christmas story. Some of my favorite characters are the shepherds. I love the shepherds in the Christmas story. And, and as Mary and Joseph are sitting there with this newborn baby and they're wondering what's going to happen next, you know, 
being visited by a group of shepherds probably wasn't one of their top thoughts, right? They knew who this child was that they just gave birth to. They probably thought God's going to do something very extraordinary to announce himself. And yet God chose instead to send them a group of shepherds. So kind of a surprising thing. So as overwhelming and as shocked and as just nervous as Mary and Joseph were that day, we also know, as any parent knows, a lot of joy in that night as well, right? Just as you think about a parent, you're counting down the days until your child comes. I know we've got some folks here at the church who are counting down days until babies come. And when you finally get to that moment and you're holding that newborn child, there's this overwhelming sense of joy that really nothing else in the world can capture, And so from the very beginning, as we think about the Christmas season, these two ideas of Christmas and joy just really seem to fit together. And yet sometimes in our life, maybe I don't know where you're at right now, maybe we have these seasons where Christmas is a time of joy. When you're surrounded by family and things are going well as you would expect it and, and just you have so much to be thankful for and Christmas season is really a season of joy for you. But Christmas season, we also know it can be the very opposite of that for a lot of people. That instead of bringing joy into our lives, it actually brings a lot of painful memories to our lives. When you think of Christmas, maybe you're you're thinking and reflecting on the people who aren't there to enjoy that Christmas with you this year. Or maybe you're reflecting on just memories of past Christmases where things didn't go well. There's so many things that, that, that can bring up just a lot of pain and heartache at this Christmas season. And so today, as we as we look about these shepherds, we want to think about the whatever they were going through in their life. This message of Christmas brought them this tremendous amount of joy. And the God's message for us today is that the same thing can be true of our lives. The Christmas story is meant to be one that gives us joy, not only on this day and in this season, but every day of the year really is a message. Our lives can be affected by the message of Christmas because that is where our joy comes from. So we're going to read in Luke chapter 2. I'm going to start in verse 8. I invite you to read along with me, starting in verse 8. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. And then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And so it was when the angel had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the sayings which were told to them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at the things which were told to them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told to them. Father, as we come to this very familiar story, I pray today that you would open our imaginations to be able to put ourselves into this story. Help us to experience what the shepherds were experiencing that night, Lord, because the more we can grasp this story, the more real it can become to us in our lives today. So, Father, I pray that no matter what's going on in the lives and the hearts of the people here today, that you would speak to them as you can, 
May you build their joy. May, may that joy become more steadfast in all of our lives as a result of our time together this morning. I pray that you would guide our discussion in your word. Thank you for speaking to us through the word. Thank you for giving us this story. And Lord, we know that you gave us this story because it is good for us and it is beneficial to our spiritual growth. So help us to grow and learn through our time together this morning. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So as we've done throughout this story, we've called this story, this, this series, The Great Exchange. And so in this series, we've been looking at things that we bring to God oftentimes having to do with our weakness, our brokenness, some problem that we have. And when we bring that thing to God, God gives us something in exchange. And the thing that he always gives us is something that we never could earn on our own, that we could never get apart from him. And so as we look at the lives of the shepherds today, we're going to trace and look at a number of exchanges that happened in their lives. So the first exchange I want us to think about, what, what did the shepherds bring to the table on this night? I'm going to use this word exclusion. The shepherds were an excluded people. As you think about shepherds, um, shepherds were people who lived for long periods of time out in the fields. They lived or with their sheep, and so they weren't often in town. They lived out there, and they, 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 they didn't get to have normal community like those people in town. The shepherds got to live with a few other shepherds, but they were very lonely, isolated people. As you can imagine, living out in the middle of the woods, they probably didn't smell the cleanest. They didn't get to, to take care of themselves in the way that people who had access to those kind of things would. They were people who were, were, they were on the outskirts of society. While they, they were looked at as an honored people because their job was very important, they were also looked at as a people who really didn't, didn't have a lot to offer. They couldn't really do any other jobs, and so they became shepherds. But there was another problem with shepherds. Think about the jobs that they had to do. They had to take care of sick and wounded animals, right? That's not a very appealing thing. They would have to, they'd have to bandage up wounded animals who had cut themselves or been attacked. They also had to fight off and protect their flock from all the beasts that were trying to kill them. So oftentimes, they found themselves in some very nasty, dirty situations. And as a result of that, back in that time period, what would happen is as, the, as they were around these wounded animals, as they were around these carcasses of dead animals, they would become what's called unclean. And as a result of that, when they would come into town, they would come up to the temple, and they wouldn't, be able to let, they wouldn't be allowed to go in. They would be pushed away. They'd be excluded from going into the place where they could worship God because of all the things that they had done in their week. Because of the job that they have, they were excluded from worshiping God in the way that they really wanted to. Now think about that. If your heart was, was one that wanted to worship God, you wanted to come into his presence, and yet because of the role that you had, you were unclean and unfit to be in his presence. That's a devastating reality. And so here's these shepherds. They find themselves excluded from one another and from society, but more importantly, they find themselves excluded from the ability to worship God. And yet here, God does something very remarkable and offers them this exchange. In verse 12, as this angel comes, this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. What do you hear in that verse? When you hear that verse, what is this angel saying to these shepherds? He's offering them an invitation. He's saying, you are invited to come and experience something remarkable that just happened. God says, this is the moment that history has been moving towards, and I want you to be a part of it. You who once were excluded from being able to be in the presence of God, now you are the ones I'm inviting to come and to see God in the flesh. 
Can you imagine that transition that just happened? They weren't allowed to go into the temple, but yet they were allowed to come and worship at the feet of Jesus. They were allowed to come touch the body of this baby who was God in the flesh. As God comes, he often does. He does things in very surprising ways. He, he invited those that we would never expect. He wanted the shepherds there. He wanted these lowly, outcast, excluded people to be the very first people the world would hear of this message of Jesus. So he gives them directions. You're going to find this baby in the town of David, and you're going to find him laying in a manger, and you're going to find him wrapped in swaddling clothes. One thing that really stood out to me this week is, what does this idea of swaddling clothes have to do with anything? Why is that important to this story? Well, how many of you are parents, you know, and when you become a parent, one of the things you have to learn is how do you swaddle those babies, right? As a dad, I took a lot of pride in being able to swallow my children so tight that they could never wiggle out of that thing, right? That's a pretty fun experience right there because, you know, there's comfort in just being wrapped up so tight for these babies, Well, why is it significant that when he's talking about the birth of the Son of God, he says, you're going to find him wrapped up in these swaddling clothes. These angels are communicating, yes, he is a king, but guess what? He's also a normal child. When you come there, you're not going to find this this unique kind of part part man, part king, this, this baby that's born with a crown on his head, this baby that's obviously so different. When you come there, he's going to look just like any other child. He's going to look just like every other baby that was born and swaddled by a parent. And yet there's something radically different about this child. No one would see it. No one would expect it. But there is something so unique about this baby. And so God the Father sends his angel messenger to tell these shepherds there's something special about this child. And I want you to go see it. I want you to be a part of the story that I'm unfolding. But what's really neat about this invitation is look, how, look at the next verse and how the angel explains it. The angel said to them, do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. You see, this invitation is ultimately not just for these excluded shepherds. This is an invitation for all people. God, from the very beginning, said the message of joy that I have for the world is a message for all people. I want everyone to experience the benefit and the blessing of what it means to be invited into the presence of Jesus. So all of us, No matter your background, no matter your story, you are receiving the same invitation from the Father as these first shepherds did. God wants you to also come into his presence and to worship his son. So these angels, they go on and they respond to this invitation. In verse 16, they come with haste and they found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Can you imagine being Mary and Joseph again? You're sitting there, you're wondering what's going to happen next, and all of a sudden you see this group of shepherds running in to this scene. What do you think they thought in that moment? Well, what's very interesting about this scene is you think of your Mary, you, 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 have a, you have a brand new baby. You remember that feeling you have when you're a brand new mom, how protective you are of that child? Remember, everybody that ever touches it has to wash with hand sanitizer for at least three minutes before they can get anywhere near your baby, right? You want them to put like a fresh gown on because you don't want that child to get any kind of, you know, sickness or anything. You're very careful with that child. And yet here's Mary, a mom of a first child. Remember how you felt with the first child? It's different than the third or fourth, right? This first child, and here comes these shepherds. Probably the last people you would want to handle your child, 
The last people you would want your child smelling like, and yet we don't see anything in this story of Mary and Joseph ever saying, hey, what are you doing? Can you get out of here? We don't want you here. Instead, they seem to be very accepted in this setting. They seem to be very welcomed in this place. And maybe that's because Mary and Joseph themselves understood what it meant to be excluded. They understood what it meant to be kind of outcast people who were looked down upon. And so when these shepherds come rolling up, they're not surprised because the angels had told them when, when, when they announced their pregnancy, they said, this is a child who has come for all people. And so when these lowly shepherds come, Mary and Joseph, they accept and they welcome these shepherds in. And they said, this is your king as well. He's not just our child. This is your king as well. So here's an experience the shepherds probably didn't often have. I want us to think, what, what impact would that have had on their life? Would they ever have felt unworthy again? Would they have ever really felt excluded again? When they went into town and somebody kind of gave them that look or, or walked away from them, what do you think went on in their minds? You know what I think? They probably thought, you know what? I don't even care if you look at me that way. I was invited to the birth of the king. I didn't see you there, but I was invited to the birth of the king. This had to radically change these, the lives of all of these shepherds. When they finally understood what it meant that they were invited to the birth of the king, it ne they never could have looked at themselves the same again. So as we think about our lives and God's desire for us to experience his joy, the same thing is true of us. We may not feel the joy of the Lord at all times in our life. Maybe we feel the exclusion of the world. Maybe we feel the exclusion of culture in some way. And yet when we come to terms with this reality that God has invited us to be a part of his family and he wants us to be at the feet of his, of his son, what more do we need in life than to know that we were invited into the presence of the Lord himself? This is a great exchange that went on in the lives of these shepherds. They went from being excluded to being invited. But there's another exchange that happens. We see it in verse 8. Now there were in the same country living shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. As I think about this idea, what is it that the shepherds were experiencing? What is it that they had to offer to the Lord in this day? And the word that came to my mind was the word mundane, right? Just kind of expected, boring, uneventful. So here's these shepherds. They're living out there in the, in the field, the same field, the same flock, the same co-workers, probably the same stories, right? Life for them was very mundane. Every day was kind of the same. You get up, you take care of your sheep, you try to protect them, and then you go to bed at night and you wake up to do it all again the next day. Another predictable night. Sometimes we find ourselves in that rut in life. You find yourself just, it just seems like everything you're doing is just meaningless, it just seems like I'm just doing the same thing over and over and over. What impact or what purpose does it actually have? What difference is my life actually making? And sometimes when we come to the Christmas season, all of a sudden our schedule just gets completely like destroyed and everything's different. It kind of causes us to stop and just reflect and be like, what is going on? Sometimes life just starts to feel kind of meaningless or purposelessness, and, and you find yourself so busy sometimes that just surviving and getting through a day just feels like all you can do. And yet something happened to these shepherds on this Monday night. They got to exchange their mundane for something extraordinary. The next verse, while they're sitting there on a normal evening with a normal sky, behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them. 
and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. So this night just went from mundane to being a night that was extraordinary or a night of purpose. Now remember the timing of all this. God hadn't spoken to the world in 400 years. There hadn't been a prophet in some 400 years until very recently when these angels had come to speak to these two women. And yet these shepherds, they would have had no idea that an angel showed up and talked to these two ladies. So as they're lying there and they're just having a normal mundane day, all of a sudden God sent his messenger to speak to the world. Can you imagine how shocking that moment would have been? Can you imagine how startling and unexpected that was for these shepherds? to stand there. And all of a sudden, this angel stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. Do you know what that means? That means this angel had been right in the presence of God himself. And God's glory had just had, had become so embodied in this angel that when this angel came down to earth, the glory of the Lord shone around them. What would that have looked like? On a dark night, as they're on the edge of town and there's no lights except for the stars, all of a sudden the glory of the Lord fills the sky. And as we could expect, it says they were greatly afraid. It's a pretty expected response, isn't it? I think we all would agree we'd be pretty shocked in a moment like this. But if one angel wasn't enough, suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. I don't know about you, but if one angel appeared to me in that way and you hear this loud voice and this bright shining glory on display, that's enough to kind of change the course of your life. But to look up and all of a sudden there's a magnitude of them, a host of angels and they're praising God. Do you think that was a quiet experience? As they're shouting out glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. I wonder in that moment, as those shepherds looked at each other, could they have even spoken with how loud that was? Could they have even seen each other with the glory that was filling the place at that time? I wonder, did anyone else around hear that sound? Did anyone else see the lights out there and wonder what is happening out in that field? And yet here these angels got to be, or these shepherds got to be a part of something so incredible. Well, as you can imagine, that experience changed them and it affected them greatly. And so as soon as this was over, the shepherds go and they visit this scene. They had to see what was going on. And after they talk to Mary and Joseph, they return back glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told them. It's fascinating here. After this experience, you just go into this manger scene. You get to see the Christ child. What do you do next? They went back to their sheep. They went back to the same field, the same flock, the same night, and yet now everything was different. You see, after we come to understand that God gives our life purpose and meaning and value. It doesn't mean there's not going to be mundane things in our life anymore, but those mundane things have a brand new purpose. Those mundane things are now occasions to rejoice and to praise God. So you can imagine every experience these shepherds had from this point on, every interaction they had, every new person they met, what do you think was the first story they wanted to tell those people? It was what they'd experienced. 
Everything changed for them. They, said, they now saw every interaction I have. I can worship God by sharing what I've experienced. Every night as I'm out watching my sheep, I can think back and reflect on the glory of God that he showed me that night. And I can worship the Lord even in those mundane experiences. Sometimes life is mundane. Sometimes the things we do are repetitive. And yet those things are meant to be occasions for us to worship the Lord. When we understand that purpose, it gives great meaning to our lives. And that's what God did in these shepherds. He exchanged their mundane lives for a life of great purpose. But as we saw, there's also another exchange. When these angels spoke, do you remember the message that he said to him? He says, don't be afraid, for I proclaim to you good news of great joy that will be for all people. Because today in the city of David, a Savior was born for you who is Christ the Lord. So the last thing we see these shepherds giving up, and it's a very expected thing. In this moment, they had a lot of fear. They had a lot of uncertainty, right? When this angel showed up, they were terrified. They felt like they probably couldn't move. They felt paralyzed. And yet the angel said, don't be afraid. Shepherds are pretty tough people, right? They did a lot of stuff I would not want to do. Going to fight the lions and the bears with their bare hands or with this very simple, simple weapon. That's not something I would want to do. These were, these were manly men. These were strong individuals. And yet when they saw this angel, they were terrified. All they had in that moment was fear. They didn't have their courage. They didn't speak back to this angel, ask him, what are you doing here? They didn't do any of that. Instead, they trembled back in fear. And when we think of the response that we're to have, when we understand the glory that's being displayed here and the one who that glory is pointing to, we understand what it means to fear. We understand the, the God of the universe, the creator of all things, is not a God that we can mess with, is not a God to be taken lightly. And so these shepherds were just paralyzed with fear. And yet the, very quickly, the first thing that the shepherd says to them is, don't be afraid. The message I have for you is a message of peace. Now think about that. In 400 years, God hadn't spoken. And the first thing he comes and speaks to these shepherds is not, I can't believe how bad you all have failed in 400 years. I have 400 years of wrath built up to come to bring out against you right now. No, instead he says, I have a message of joy. And this message is joyful because this is a message that is going to bring you peace. There was no longer a need to fear. Now they could live in peace. But it wasn't just this message that gave them peace. It was the one this message was about. You see, you can sit here today and you can hear this message that today in the city of David, a Savior was born for you who is Christ the Lord. And that message may not impact your life at all. You may stop and look at a nativity set. You may stop and reflect on the meaning of Christmas. And that message may not affect you at all. But when you embrace what that message is about, when you, by faith, trust the one that message is speaking of, all of a sudden that message changes everything. Then that peace that the angels were proclaiming to these shepherds can truly be yours. So notice how it describes this one that they were to find, a savior, the rescuer, the redeemer that has been long since promised who is Christ, the Lord. He's not just any rescuer. He's not like the judges of the past who would come and they would help us for a little while and then they too would die. No, this Savior, this rescuer is different. He has come to bring peace that will last for eternity. 
He is the anointed one. He's the Christ. He is different. And he's the Lord. Even though he's just a little baby, he is the Lord of all creation. It really reminds us of last week's sermon and this idea that Christ exchanges my guilt for his mercy. If we want to experience the peace that is being proclaimed in this message, it's only possible when we understand that reality. When we don't just hear a message that Jesus came to be our Savior, but when we by faith believe that message, when we rely on the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus as our only hope for peace with God. And so that's the message the angels wanted to leave to these shepherds. God desires for you to once again have peace with him. You can have peace with God. Apart from this gift, there's nothing that we can do to receive this peace, yet that is what God did for us in sending his son. So when we start to understand what God is offering us, he's offering us an invitation. He's offering us a purpose. He's offering us this message of peace. The more we start to understand that, the more we can experience the joy that Christmas is meant to give us. You see, but if we don't understand these things, we're never going to experience the joy that Christmas is supposed to give. One of of the definitions I really like of joy, joy is settled delight. It's settled. It's settled, that means it's not circumstantial. My joy doesn't depend on if I get the gift that I really want or not, or if my gift shows up on time. My joy doesn't depend on if I get invited to the gathering I want to go to or if I'm accepted by those people. My joy doesn't even depend on if I'm alone on Christmas or if I'm with those I love. My joy is settled because of all of these things that God has done for me. When we understand what it means that God has invited us and he's offered us his peace and he's offered us a life of purpose, we can have that settled delight no matter what life throws our way. So this truly can be a Christmas of joy. God longs for you to have this joy, but this joy is a gift. This joy isn't something that the shepherds could find on their own that night in that field. It was only by the message sent from God himself that these shepherds could have what God wanted for them. The same thing is true for you today. We can spend our life searching for joy and we will never find it. But if we are willing to accept God's gift of the joy that he offers to us, this can be the most joy-filled Christmas we've ever had. So maybe right now you are not settled in your joy because you don't know if you have peace with God. Or maybe you don't know or understand what it means that God invites you into his presence. Or maybe you don't know what it means to live with a life of purpose. This Christmas can be different for you. This Christmas you can experience the joy that God longs for you to have. So if you've lost your joy this Christmas season, God is offering you to have it again. God is offering you to understand all that he has exchanged, all that he has taken for us, and all that he's offering to us, because that is the joy that he wants for you to have. So today, we can truly say, joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for the joy that you've offered to us. Father, it's a very simple message, but yet, God, it's radically profound that you would send your son the very God himself, to become a man and to be born in the most lowly of estates. God, you didn't gain anything by doing that, but God, in doing that, you offered us the greatest exchange of all. You offered us a joy that passes understanding, and you have offered us a joy that is only possible 
because we can have settled peace with you. Father, we thank you that we are no longer excluded. We are no longer left on the outside looking at you, but God, you have invited us into your very presence. You long for us to be in relationship with you. So Father, I pray if there's one here today who is unsettled in their peace with you and they don't know what it means to be confident that they, if they were to die today, they would be with you in your presence. God, may this Christmas season be the season where they come to understand that message. Father, we thank you for this radical invitation you've given us. Thank you for the purpose that you've given us in life to be men and women who not only experience this joy, but share it with everyone that we go into contact with. So I pray in the days to come, that we would radiate your joy to the world and all the, the opportunities that you give us. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us. We hope that you were encouraged by the teaching of God's Word. If you have questions or would like more information about our church, you can find us at www robbinsvillefbc.org or call the office at 828-479-3423. God bless you and have a great day.